Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 404 DGS, we are out at 420 to make way for the Halloween show. Tomorrow we'll be out at 4 p.m. because I will be telling a story, reading a original story that I wrote about my childhood recurring nightmare, and then a listener story. So that's for Halloween proper tomorrow night. Dave Murray is hanging out with us. Skip, of course, uh, Weber Chevrolet, the sponsor of the Sweet 16. We're down to the uh, Elite Eight of the best human villain from a horror movie of all time, Carrie versus Annie Wilkes from Misery. Mm. I'm going to go back to what Wheels said is on the off. We're talking about a different movie off where the more possible it is to actually be real. Yeah. You know, Carrie... Yeah, the know, less paranormal. Supernatural, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas <laughs> Wilkes is just a nut that was yep. after this guy. And so that is just, to me, that's more scary. Yeah. Misery. You convinced me. Yep. You guys? I'm still going Carrie. Okay. What's that, Megan? Dave? Yeah, I want to go Carrie. So Ooh, that's then uh, a Captain Roger. Ooh. Oh, man, sorry. I was just doing a report for Y98. So I, missed, I missed who the other choice was aside from Carrie. Say Carrie. God, I'm so sick of Y98. Um, it was Carrie or the right choice. Uh, Carrie or Annie Wilkes from Misery. Oh, man. Uh, Carrie. I like classics. All right. Uh, the Tall Man from uh, Phantasm versus Leatherface from Texas Chainsaw. Leather. 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 I'm still going Leather. Tall Man, yeah. Okay, Leather moves on. There's our final four. Skip, uh, UAW getting close? UAW is done. Nice. I mean, it's not voted on yet. Yeah. Uh, tentative deal, uh, though. Tentative deal. And at this level, I think that usually the rank and file will say, I mean, the leadership will say, hey, this is a good deal. Yeah. That's why we've stopped negotiating. So they'll go along. So I would expect, uh, I don't know, the Westfield people listening, if it uh, might Tell me otherwise, but they'll probably be going back to work pretty quick. Hope they, so. they go back before the vote normally. Okay. Before they vote, they'll start because they're assuming it'll be fine. So that'll be cool, and that uh, you know people can start making a little bit of money before Christmas season yeah. and all that. So that's done. Um, we only went down about we were looking at it about ten percent in our volume compared to the last time we went through this in 2019, going into the pandemic, where we were down almost fifty percent. Wow. But wow. we that was pre-pandemic when we carried a lot more cars. We were yeah. able to carry more cars. So we didn't we didn't have as lot. I mean, they didn't strike every plant. The ones that was most impactful came at the very end. Um, you had, you know, we get a lot of Silverados from the Canadian plant right across Lake Erie. So there's not, I mean, there wasn't a lot. It wasn't as, as impactful. But 
it was tough on the people that were gone, and if, and certainly the parents, because we don't have anything to do with the profitability of GM. The parent company was losing lots of money, so yeah, I'm glad they sense. got it all settled. Yeah. Um, okay, here we go. Final four of the best human villain in a horror movie of all time: Jack Torrance from The Shining versus Norman Bates. That's why he played Jack. the game. Whoa, Jack. Jack. Just need one more. Jack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Carrie versus Leatherface. Ooh. Mm. I got to go, Carrie. Me too. And Leatherface was a great movie. That's a yeah, really classic. Carrie. But he's just over the top. You I'll know. say I mean, face. Yeah, Carrie's subtly, face as subtly well. scary. Yeah. I got Carrie. Count, Count Dracula. <laughs> I'm in. Number one pick. Is it a Tyler Captain again? Carrie. 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 Carrie, Carrie wins. Okay. Carrie wins. So there you go. The finals are Carrie versus Jack Torrance. Sissy Spacek versus Jack <laughs> Nicholson. I think I'm more scared of Carrie. Jack. I got to go Jack, too. Jack. Jack is Jack the winner. Who's the super yes. champion? Ooh, that is a good question. Let's look here. The super champion is. Oh, I didn't send it last time. You're halfway out the door. It was Come some on. food. It was some food of some sort. It was turkey dinner. Food. Turkey, turkey dinner. It was turkey dinner. You're right. And it was the best seasonal. Jack Torrance versus turkey dinner. There you go. <laughs> is Jack a better human villain than turkey is a special seasonal food? I think turkey is. I got to go turkey. I got to go turkey, and not just because I'm hungry. <laughs> I got to go turkey, too. All right. All right. Turkey, turkey dinner. A, turkey defends the crown. Turkey there for you. you go. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Thanks for hanging out with us. Appreciate Alrighty. it. Cool. Uh, Rach, final thoughts before you... Do you know that Rach is going to Japan tomorrow? Yeah, we yes. were just talking about it. Yeah. I'm going to try to come in and sit with you guys some nice. a little bit. And Very nice. Final thoughts. I. It's really strange to be not on the show for nine business days. This is definitely the longest I've ever gone. I've never done it. <laughs> yeah, you have it. Well, Christmas, I mean, Christmas that didn't count though. <laughs> uh, so I'm. That's gonna be. It's just gonna be strange, like not hanging out with you guys and stuff. I'm super excited to go. I think it's just gonna be like the trip of a lifetime. And yeah, I. It hasn't fully sunk in yet. What is our best time to overlap with you? Um, so it's 14 hours ahead. So I thought if I wanted to talk to you guys, I might text you guys around like nine o'clock in the evening. Cause that'll be like seven o'clock here or maybe 10 o'clock in the evening. It'll be That's weird, isn't it? Eight in the Skip, uh, you probably traveled more than any of the rest of us. Any advice for long flights? She has a 14 hour stint. Well, um, whatever, whatever method you can use to do this, when you get there, Make sure your body believes that's the real time. Yeah. Don't sit oh, there and set your clock to, oh, here's what it is. Don't I'm going to double back clock. And forth. Yeah. yeah. Back and so, Forget where and you came from. That's the problem there. with yeah. calling in because you're going to be thinking about what this The brain is very powerful. And if you mm. want to be awake at 3 a.m., the, the perfect thing to do is dwell on what time it is in, in St. Louis. So, that's, a, that's great advice. You know, Thank you. Um, so, sleep, if you take a melatonin or something like that to sleep, Crash, eat, eat a big meal on the plane, crash, and, and try to wake up in their time. That's the way to do it. Mm, very nice. Yeah, because I am the type that will, would be obsessing about that. <laughs> so I will yeah, try I my best too. not to. Mm-hmm. I would have had it. I would absolutely like, okay, I'm going to put my watch yeah. on the local time. Yeah. This and this and this. That will, that will, I think that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. When I was used to have to travel my previous job before the car business, we had to go to Norway. Not as far away, but I mean, 
the the people that were on our installations with us all the time that did that were never ever on the right time. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Always. That's what that's where I learned it. We'd sit I'd sit there and go, okay, whatever, we're gonna stay out really late, play video games the night before <laughs> and sleep on the plane and I wake up and this is nine AM in in yeah. Norway. So that's cool. That's nine AM for me. And that's even though I might be a little bit tired. What was Norway so, like? Cold. Was it we were there. Gorgeous and yes, amazing and Lord of the Rings ish. Yeah, well, we were see it. we were as far north as you could get. That's cool. Which is further north than anywhere, even in Alaska. Very close to wow, the Wow, I didn't Pole. know that. Look straight up at the northern lights, and when we were there from the day after Thanksgiving till December 22nd, never saw the sun. Yeah. Wow. That when I was in Anchorage, cool. yeah. we had a bit no. of that. Bueno. How did, yeah. it, uh, how did you do with it? We were, it was cool. That was a great thing because we were doing training for people. We yeah. had already installed in September, so we were training. We didn't have to work 14-hour days. We worked like regular nine to five hours, and so... And there, those guys just party hard when the sun goes down. That's how they cope with it. So mm-hmm. we were partying with them, you know, just having Christmas parties and other stuff, you know, other little parties going on. And we had a Picture, great time. So we are just talking about this. We're talking about 23andMe and Ancestry and all that and surprises. And mine came back like 26% Nordic, which I had no idea. I, I, I picture the Norwegians being like very austere. I don't know. I don't agree with that, really. I don't agree. I think they were... Uh, I mean, they're fun-loving. That group up there especially, very fun-loving. But um, I I blended in great, okay? Yeah. When we were in when I'd Look, go in Oslo, guy. after my first time there, I knew enough Norwegian to try to get by in Oslo with hotels and restaurants yeah. and stuff. Uh, we'd, we'd only be staying in Oslo briefly, but I, I sometimes pulled it off, so that was fun. So You're what, 6'8", six, 6'9"? Eight, 6'8". Six, six, yeah. When you see another guy your height, do you like acknowledge each other? <laughs> do you Sometimes. do like the Corvette thing where you Sometimes, you know, Corvette yeah. thing, the yeah. hand on the <laughs> exactly. yeah, like a Jeep wave or the exactly. uh, Harley? I would think like you'd have yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. like usually if I'm with my wife, my wife's always always says that guy's taller than you, and she'll say it <laughs> loud enough for people. You know, and even if it's not, even if he's not, just because she's used to see to looking up at yeah. me, and then she's oh that guy is, is taller than the people standing next to him, so he must be taller than you. So it's <laughs> kind of funny. How much taller has anyone been who you've met? I have met uh, a couple seven footers, um, a couple NBA players. Just met and ran into them and said, "You know, so yeah." The, the, you know, it's, is it weird kinda, looking up? At it's someone? weird meeting people my height because you get the perspective. Of, yeah. Of normally you and I yep. would look eye to eye, right? So if I'm looking higher than you and I eye to eye, <laughs> right. that's tall to me. Wow, you're you're pretty tall. Yeah, so that's my <laughs> that whole yeah. life. Odd. Yeah. When, uh, what, what age were you when you really started shooting up? I was tallest person in my class until seventh grade, and then several people passed me, and then about sophomore year of high school, I grew my last, like, five inches yeah. to 6'8". So, and then I've been that age, I've been 6'8 since I was 17 years old. Hmm. So Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Would you trade? <laughs> I don't know, I mean... Is what it is. Yeah, I don't really, I don't think of it that way. I don't worry about it, like one way or the other. Although I will say, would have been fun to dunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for real. Right. Like I've dunked on a nine foot rim and a nine and a half foot rim, but that's not the same thing. Yeah. Any six foot eight catchers? <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> I would have not been. I mean, if I were if I were a baseball player at six eight, you have two things. You're well, you you could be an outfielder, but you're most likely a first baseman and or a pitcher. Most pitcher. likely, you'll get stuck pitching. 
Yeah. There are only maybe three or four guys taller than six, seven that have ever been position players in the big leagues. I know when we did one of them just, by the way, just passed away today. Frank Howard. Frank Howard. I was going to say Frank Howard is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't the guy with the skate. What's that? Are you talking about a hockey player? No, 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 no. no I'm talking Frank about Howard the, the baseball player was oh, six foot eight. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. I, I got distracted there for a minute. I thought your you were talking about zone, that. Your horrific. strike zone's too big is part yeah. of the problem. Your strike zone is bigger than most people. So yeah, that stuff. the worst show we've ever done in 24 years was at uh, Skip's house, and we were just <laughs> like eating and drinking and smoking cigars and swimming in the pool and, and playing volleyball and stuff. And I didn't realize how big he was until I had to drag his six foot eight ass around <laughs> a pool. Oh my god. I mean, I think I was dragging your ass around the pool. Yeah, that's more like it. <laughs> Try to play pool basketball when everybody's crazy. hanging on you. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. DGS, happy Halloween Eve. Going to present a story from me from uh, the DGS Halloween archives and then uh, introduce you to listener Barbara. Enjoy. The. Other most troubling thing that happened during a Halloween show was just a few years back at the Sally House. And the Sally House is very famous. It's in, uh, gosh, I forget the name of that little town in, in, in Kansas, Hutchinson, Kansas, which is known as one of the most haunted towns in America. And it's a t- tiny little house. And it has this long history, and it basically exists now for ghost hunters to rent out and spend the night and bring in all their equipment and stuff. And so we did the same thing. We rented it out for the night. It was me and Rachel and Wiggins and uh, Tony and Andrew, I guess. Uh, Yeah, yeah, I think so. And the very first thing we did, there is this lovely young woman who ran the place, and she brought some of her equipment uh this thing called i think a rim pod where like it lights up if there's a spirit and the other one was like this word generator and i i was you know somewhat familiar with these things just watching ghost hunting shows and they were hers they weren't ours and it was the first thing we did we went into the nursery she said a lot of things happen up here in the nursery and it was still light outside i remember that uh jim modulin uh, my very good friend who was the cameraman and producer of almost all these halloween shows was filming and it was me and my memory is it was me and rachel and this lady and we're sitting in the nursery and uh looking at this rim pod and the word generator and she says hey look this is my first rodeo uh if you get one word every 10 minutes or so that's pretty good and be careful because it is uh it's very easy to read into things you know it's already you're at a haunted house and xyz and you know just because it says this and this doesn't mean that it's all related and right now as i'm doing this i'm looking at a note uh in my iphone notes that i made this night right after it happened and here are the words it said in a row and I could be wrong about a couple of these. They could be out of order or something, but but we still have the video that you can listen to. And all these words were said within the space of about 60 seconds. And to the point that the woman was freaked out. She said, "I look, I'll be honest with you, I've never seen it act like this before. And it said, cactus, illness, freeze, 
Park Christmas Explosion Watch Sing. So, for those of you who don't know, my brother died uh, December 23rd, December 24th, depending on how you look at it, uh, of 2002 um, by suicide with a gun in the Saguaro National Park uh, next to a giant cactus. And so, as soon as this thing, this machine said cactus, it had my full attention. And then it said illness, and my brother had several illnesses. He was on disability living out in Tucson because the weather was better for the things that he was suffered from. Freeze, uh, there was a atypical snow that night. And when they found him, and I apologize if this is triggering or anything for anyone, it's just what happened. Uh, he was covered with a light snow, and it was in the National Park, and it was like Christmas Eve, and explosion, kind of self-explanatory. And he was always a he was always a big fan of mine. My older brother, eleven years older, and you know he got to hear the show for a couple of years and would come see the first iteration of the Dave Glover Band. And he was just always a very big advocate for me. Always rooted for me. And so, uh, having this thing say basically, "Watch you singing," was just crazy. And then the really crazy part happened. And this is all on video. I think you can find it online. Uh, Rachel, who knew the basics of the story, said something to the effect of, is this Keith? And I said, I don't know who else it would be. And Jim says, why don't you ask him something that only he would know? And I haven't really gone back and watched this because I think it would bother me. But here's what happened. In my mind, I'm thinking of things that only Keith would know. And... I knew that Keith's first dog was named Shadow, although I never met Shadow because he was 11 years older than me, my brother was. And so that was what I was going to ask. And before I could get the words out of my mouth, this machine says, Shadow. And at that point, I was convinced, all of my skepticism, all my agnosticism, all of this, I was convinced that either somehow, some way, my brother was communicating with me from somewhere else or something was pretending to be him. The classic horror movie reading my mind and telling me what I wanted to hear. Um, I can't explain that. That's the one to me that if I had to put like percentage chances, uh, it's almost like winning the lottery, right? For all of those words to come out in that succession, in that period of time, all of them relevant. And then the thing about ask him something that only he would know, and I'm thinking in my mind, and it says the word. Um, so <laughs> that's what keeps my mind open about aliens and Sasquatch and God and everything else uh, are some of these weird experiences that I've had. So... Uh, so there you go. Happy Halloween. 
Welcome back, guys. DGS Halloween Eve brought to you by Portlandia Big Believer Cab. This is the Cabernet with uh, Bigfoot on the uh, the label. You can find it at Schnooks or at the Wine and Cheese Place. Uh, also, check out the the Ghost Tequila. Thank you to Lord Distributing for sponsoring Halloween once again. Tomorrow, we'll be doing a short story that I wrote, um, gosh, I, I think maybe almost 10 years ago, and I just sort of did a you know, a reading of it, basically. But everyone I've shared it with really liked it. And uh, I don't I'm not trying to now do one more thing or add another arrow to my quiver as an author. It was literally like cathartic because I've had this lifelong uh, recurring nightmare and I decided to write a, a third person fictional story about it. So that's where it comes from. Okay, let me introduce you to Barbara. Barbara has been very spiritual her whole life and sort of that sixth sense kind of thing and connected to other dimensions, other worlds, or at least having experiences that would suggest that. So uh, pretty dense story here. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Barbara. I've had strange things happen to me since, I, you know, since I was a kid, my sisters tell me about things, you know, that happened to me when I was in grade school and things like that. So I've always been a kind of a spiritual, weird things happen person. <laughs> this was when I was living in Baldwin, and so it had to be in the mid to early 90s, and uh, it was our upstairs bedroom, and this happened about 3 o'clock in the morning. I got up to, of course, use the bathroom, and when I got back in bed, I laid down, opened my eyes, looked at the wall, and walking alongside of the wall were five to six Roman soldiers. They were just walking like in a straight line, like they were marching, and they were, of course, misty, but I could see enough. I could see they were in like their war regalia, you know, the short um, pleated white skirts. They had on like white or ivory tops. I could see their leather boots that came up almost to their knees. They had suspenders and a belt around their waist. They did have a sword on their left side too. And uh, the helmet. And I, I could not see any facial features, but I did see um, the warlike helmets and like I said, I could see there, but they weren't, you know, their arms weren't moving or anything. Their arms were down at their side, but they were just walking through in their, that um, type of war regalia, you know. And uh, I just thought to myself, well, this is weird. And they just walked from the door, like they came in the door, walked along the wall of the bedroom, which was about, I'd say 12 to 15 feet. And they just walked through the wall at the far side of the bedroom and they were gone. I have no idea at all. I just thought, I didn't, I wasn't scared. I just thought, well, that is really weird. I wonder if there was something here, you know, way back when that they would be there again. I don't know, but uh, it's just kind of strange, but and, and it didn't scare me. They just walked right on past through the wall in the back of the bedroom. The next one happened at the same house in Baldwin, and I woke up in the middle of the night and I sat up in bed and I rem I was not sleeping. I remember this very, very vividly and thinking, okay, what's going on here? I felt like there was something in the room and I looked, the bed was uh, facing the doorway and in the doorway there was this man standing there and he looked like he was dressed from like the 1930s. I could see he had a bowler hat on. He was kind of short, kind of stubby and the brown pants and the 
like a whitish beigeish shirt and then the brown overcoat long overcoat that they used to wear back then and uh he he scared me because i remember saying and and waving my arm at him get out of here i don't want you in here go away you know and he did go away and he disappeared yeah there was something about him that i did not like and it was really funny because i had told my daughter-in-law jean about the two happenings because they were um they would come over to the house we had a bathroom upstairs and they would go upstairs use bathroom she would not go upstairs after that after i told her those stories well my third one now this happened um when my husband retired in late 90s we in 2001 we moved out to Henderson Nevada what you know suburb of Las Vegas and um we were we were in bed one night and I opened my eyes for whatever reason and I saw a misty spirit like thing come out of his body and just float out float across the room and out the door and I thought oh my god did he die so I felt for a pulse and he was still alive so I don't know because I asked him the next morning I said did anything happen to you last night did you have any weird dreams did you go anywhere and he said no but I definitely saw a spiritual glistening type um figure you know wasn't anything in particular it wasn't the figure of a human or anything like that it was just a misty thing that floated out Was that the last time that you actually saw something or have you seen things since then? No, that was the last time that I've seen anything. Mm. And tell me about your the spiritual things. Okay. All right. And once again, this was my husband. He has since passed away, but uh, this was in the um, late 90s, St. John's Mercy Hospital. He was going in for um, uh, quadruple bypass surgery. And uh, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, we were both scared to death. and i thought i've got to be able to do something here so when uh they took him down on the elevator and i went down in the waiting room and my son my daughter-in-law my stepson and his wife were also in the waiting room we were you know how the chairs are kind of lined up facing each other and they were sitting across from me the four of them and i was sitting there in a chair by myself there was nobody on either side of me and i closed my eyes and i thought oh god just take him somewhere peaceful during this surgery so that he's okay cuz you know quadruple bypass uh you know and the doctor was telling me oh yeah we have to take his heart out you know we have to stop his heart and i'm thinking oh my gosh so um we're sitting there and i closed my eyes and i thought that and i felt someone tap me on the shoulder it was on my right shoulder it was tap tap I opened my eyes and I just happened to glance at the clock and it was 101 but I said to my son I said who just tapped me on the shoulder he, he looked around and he goes nobody and I said yes they did somebody just tapped me on the shoulder twice and he goes mom don't talk about this you're freaking me out and so just kind of let that go but when the doctor came in um he told me you know he's talking about surgery and i said what time does surgery start and he said 101 and that was the exact time on the clock was 101 wow and i had you know when i closed my eyes and i was thinking god take him somewhere peaceful i said put him on a beach he really likes the beach well i never said anything to anybody that i was doing that or thinking that and a few days later after my husband was out of intensive care and back in a room you know and coherent and lucid again i said uh, 
anything happen while you were in surgery? Do you remember anything? He says, I just remember being on a beach. Wow. Man, that's yeah. something else. And I, <laughs> I never said a thing to mm. him, not a, to anybody. The next one was um, my mom, when she was alive, was a heavy smoker. And I was standing in my house in the kitchen. This was in Baldwin. And uh, I smelled an extremely strong odor of cigarette smoke. And um, neither neither one of us smoked. Nobody in the house smoked uh, or came in smoking or anything. But I definitely really strong thing of cigarette smoke. And I'm like, holy cow, what in the heck is going on? I even said out loud, Mom, what are you doing here? And um, my actually my brother, who was a year older than me, um, was in the hospital at the time. And I went up to see him that night and we were talking and he goes, Mom was here. I said, what are you talking about? He goes, Mom was here. She was sitting in that chair right over there. Okay. I didn't say anything else to him that I had smelled cigarette smoke or anything. Well, later on that day, he passed away. And I was in the room with him when he passed away. And I honestly, Dave, this is the honest to God's truth. I felt his spirit leave that room. It was like a whoosh, like I'm getting out of here. And he was gone and he died. Wow. It's it's hard to explain because... I was the only, I was in the room with him by myself and um, one of the other nurses was in there with me and uh, I just had this strange feeling that something was going to happen and it was just, it was almost like I heard a whooshing sound and and, uh, the nurse called somebody else to come in and they made me leave the room because they were going to try and um, resuscitate him because he was only in his uh, mid-40s and uh, it didn't work but uh, that was the only thing that I remember is that I almost heard a sound like a whoosh you know like and I really felt like he was saying to me I can't take this I'm out of here and he was gone because he had had um, physical problems most of his life mainly with his kidneys and he was on dialysis at the time Hmm. man oh man yeah (laughs) yeah Have you ever felt anything um, substantial about your brother since his passing? Um, once in a while, I will get this feeling that he's around, but he died in 1996. So it's been a while, you know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But um, I had one other thing that happened Mm -hmm. that my sister reminded me about last night. Um, It was shortly after my dad had passed away, which was in 1980, and um, I was supposed to go in for surgery. I had this um, knot in my neck and my gland that the doctors could not get to go down, and they were going to remove it. And I remember sitting in the living room at my house. I was living in Belleville at the time, and um, I just remember thinking, oh, I do not want to have this surgery Dad, can you please do something? I know you're up there. Can you do something? And I felt this cold breeze go by me. And, you know, that was all I thought. Ooh, that was weird. That kind of spooked me a little bit, you know, because where I was sitting, there was no way anything like that could have gone past me. And um, the next day I had to go to the doctor and uh, he was going to do the pre-op and uh, he felt around and he goes, it's gone. Hmm. So what do you mean it's gone? He says, it's not there anymore. You don't have to have surgery. Man, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 